again. Well, Defenders, welcome back to another episode of Defenders of the Bank, episode 120. We are calling this episode Back to the Drawing Board. And as you can tell from the sound file that you just heard from the movie The Waterboy, oh no, we suck again. Tough, tough match, tough, tough loss at the bank. A match in which there was several minutes and several parts of the game where nothing happened, but we're going to get into that momentarily. Never the easiest thing to pot after one of these, but you know, here we are potting once again, episode 120. Welcome back. You all know me. I am one half of the loud and bold lover of all things black and gold, Christian Philly Philemon, and with me as always, the king of the classroom, whether it be in real life or on Zoom, J.R. Liebert. The scarf. Hey, everybody. Listen, we just lost to the team at the bottom of the table. We just lost to a team that we have never lost to before. Where have we heard that before this season? We just lost to a team that we haven't just beaten during the course of our time in Major League Soccer. We have made look terrible. And tonight, at home, up, going into the 80th minute, to find a way to lose, to me... There's not a better title than back to the drawing board because we have to figure something out here as we make the October push. We've got seven games, I believe, in October. All kinds of work to do here. I do want to preface all of the doom and gloom that we are about to bring you because there's a bunch of it right now with a standings update after the games today. We are still just six points out from the top of the table, and four points from the bottom of the table. I feel like we've been saying that now for quite some time. Deja vu all over again. We are as close to winning the West still, which blows my mind if you've seen this team play, as we are from not making the playoffs. And you know what? We deserve either fate at this point, because in my opinion... We get all our boys back. We get everybody back healthy. We start rolling. This is the LAFC that all the pundits thought that we could be. But a night like tonight, Philly, it makes you question everything and really makes you think it's time to go back to the drawing board. LAFC denied their first opportunity to win consecutive matches on the season still. It's unbelievable that we can't string together two consecutive victories. All damn year, man. All 2020, we have not been able to win back-to-back games. And just when you think that we are on the precipice of turning this whole freaking ship around, something is shocking as losing to a team like the Earthquakes. I'm not going to call them the Smurfquakes because they smurfed us. Uh, how How we lose to a team like this after destroying and putting up six goals and setting all these records, it's a tale of two teams. And oddly enough, it's still the same team that's that's been on the pitch but we're gonna we're gonna get into that scarf there's there's plenty to bicker about but we gotta at least keep everything on track on today's show we're gonna give you this day in LAFC history hopefully that'll shed some joy on this on this cloudy Sunday night we're gonna give you our news and notes we're gonna give you our match recap perhaps we'll remember for for once at some point this week next week prior we'll give you our weight what? what? Moment of the pod. Uh, honestly, I think today is really going to, we need to call it a wait why. But that's what we're going to do. So without further ado, Professor, bestow upon us that this day in LAFC history knowledge. Yeah, look, we all know that we are recording Sunday, September 27th. We are in beautiful downtown Culver City, the heart of Screenland, 
where we are recording this episode number 120. So let's go right to the 27th of September 2019. FIFA releases a Carlos Vela downloadable cover for FIFA 20. That's pretty cool. And on the 28th in 2018, FIFA 19 was released, including LAFC for the first time, Carlos Vela with an 81 rating and no Bank of California Stadium, but Philly, that was also the same day where New Era released the Icon 5950 fitted LAFC hat. I remember and that. And LAFC became the first MLS club to co-create a signature line with New Era. On the 29th, 2018, LAFC falls flat. Huh, where have we heard that before? <laughs> In a 3-1 loss at Chicago, of all places, with Diego Rossi scoring the only goal for LAFC in the 73rd minute, his 10th of the season. And that was the MLS debut for Josh Perez. Oh, I remember name that. Remember name that Perez, Philly, when we could have like fun and, and play fun segments on here with all the different Perez's we had? I, I do remember that, but that guy's playing professionally in Ibiza right now. I, I don't think he misses LA. If I was in Ibiza right now, I would be living it up. And I'm sure Josh Perez isn't too uh, hard on himself. He isn't missing LA that much. No, I'm sure he's not. Josh Perez, Javi Perez, Alejandro Guido Perez, and of course, Adrian, who's still on the team. At one point, we had three and a half Perez's on the roster. So Josh Perez comes in for Dio. Also on the 29, 2019 LAFC heads to Allianz Field for the first time to take on Minnesota United. Not Bayern Munich? <laughs> nope. The game ended in a 1-1 draw with Carlos Vela scoring his 31st of the season, tying Joseph Martinez for the most in a single MLS season. And that game was a debut for Cheeky Palacios, who started and played the first 84 minutes against Minnesota. And our last date on this day in LAFC history the 30th of September, 2019, just in case you forgot how much we missed him, both Edward Atuesta and Carlos Vela named to the 2019 MLS Week 30 Team of the Week, and Carlos, for the fifth time in 2019, named the 2019 MLS Player of the Week, this one for Week 30. Philly, that ends this day in LAFC history, but it's a perfect segue into the one news and note item that we had that also has to do with MLS Player of the Week honors. This time, though, Philly, it goes to old man YMCA game who had anything but an old man game in our last match when times were good. Bradley Wright Phillips, his 12th Major League Soccer Player of the Week honor, third most in league history. Philly, in a season that has been tough to find silver linings and bright sides, Bradley Wright Phillips has certainly been one of those for the black and gold. Yeah, and I don't think he was going to be expecting that role. He was probably anticipating coming off the bench and having an impact late in games, but he, we needed him and we've been needing him, and he's actually capitalized quite well for us. Defenders, I know this is going to be somewhat of a doom and gloom kind of episode, but there's something that I want to do that's not necessarily doom and gloom. Y'all heard of athletes in the making. If not, you definitely need to check them out. They are going to be doing a virtual 5K run with a cause. Go ahead and follow athletes in the making on your Instagram, on your social media. Now, on their profile, you will find a link. Okay, and you could register for their 2020 virtual run. You can run at your own pace. It's open to all ages. We (laughs) scarves would be slow, pandas would be fast. I don't know where the heck mine would be, but help. No, (laughs) help 
us and help athletes in the making raise funds to continue and fulfill their mission of giving kids free sports education and equipment. Register between now and October 31st for $30 and you will receive the following, okay? The first ever 5K Team Athletes in the Making medal. That is number one. Number two, follow and show a picture and follow them at, at Dino's Main Street with your medal and you get free fries. Scarf likes free fries. I like free fries. Follow and show a picture. This is number three. At Galagetza with your medal and receive two for one Micheladas. And everyone that signs up will automatically be entered in a raffle for a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card in time for your holiday shopping. In addition to that, you will receive a free Athletes in the Making pin with your medal. Now, feel free to tag, post your run, do what you got to do. Look, during this corona pandemic, we got to continue to find ways to stay active. And at this point, when you're as old as Scarf and I, we're not doing it for vanity. We're doing it for sanity. And this is a crazy time period, so whether you want to do it for vanity or sanity, just do it. Go ahead and support them again. Follow Athletes in the Making all the information will be on that post. Defenders of the Bank will be sharing it as well. And that is your happy silver lining thing. Look, we're all here in this community to support each other. Let's support athletes in the making. Their mission is great. They want to give kids free sports education and equipment. And who doesn't want to see the youth of America succeed and thrive? Bearing that in mind, we're going to transition over to this match recap. Look, this game sucked. And just to kind of cue <laughs> that up for you, I'm going to play this one more time. Oh, no! We suck again! Look, I'm going to warn you. You might hear that a couple times because that's the only way we're finding a little bit of humor in today. Seriously, the entire freaking match, honestly, this kind of season, it can be summed up by Rob Schneider in, in The Waterboy. If you haven't seen that movie, that's probably the best part of the flick. <laughs> Philly, when Rob Schneider becomes the philosopher that encompasses our season... We're in a little bit of trouble, my friend. We are, we are. And it sucks, man. We were riding such a high after putting six goals up against Vancouver. We set a couple of records in that game, Scarf. The fastest to five goals. We were joking, hey, maybe we could have a touchdown against the Smurfs. Fastest to four goals, too. Fastest to four goals. And then we had our biggest margin of, of, of victory. Six goals to nothing. A Clean sheet, a very rare clean sheet in this crazy season. Pablo's first clean sheet ever. Yeah, absolutely. Our second clean sheet of the season. If you can recall, we actually had one against Miami the first game of the season. I feel like that was 2008. Seriously. And then and then Bradley Wright Phillips, old man YMCA, as you like to call him, who could actually still run pretty darn fast. He, he surpassed assistant coach Ante Razov to move in a sixth place all time. 14 goal scarf. Might be tough to catch it this season. 14 goals is all he needs to catch up and tie Kai Kamara for number five. Problem is Kai Kamara's still active. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing in its own right. Playing but the, with our buddy Beta, right? Yeah, at Colorado. But here's the deal. There's another player that's still active, and he happens to be the all-time leading scorer in this league, and we got to see him today. In case you're wondering who that is, that would be Chris Wondolowski, a man who has spent the majority of his career in South San Francisco for the San Jose Smurfquakes, and that man's found the back of the net 163 times. He does it better than most people have ever in this league now San Jose politely I'll say that they've had an awful season 
They were in last place in the Western Conference with 11 points. They still are. And they still are because, hey, as bad as today's result was, there are a lot of teams that actually lost, and that helped us maintain where we currently are. Everything is just bonkers this year, but we'll get into that in a little bit. San Jose coming into this match... 2-5-6 record, sporting the worst goal differential in this league. Their record tied with DC United for the worst in Major League Soccer. But what separated them, and I mentioned this on One More Sleep the night before, for those of you who listen to that and appreciate it, you're going to hear this again though. There was a minus 21 goal differential, all right? The record for that, FC Cincinnati set that last season, minus 44. I was thinking to myself, they would have a minus, I don't know, at least 25 after LAFC was done with them. Eight of their last matches, Scarf, outscored 28-7, to and y'all thought we were having a bad season. No, 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 no. But when it comes to any kind of a club that's been smacked, beaten, shattered, completely decimated, wounded animal's going to fight back, Scarf. And we had no doubts that Matias Almeida would try to rally his club he, had in fact, called them mentally weak in an interview recently, and so did Chris Wondolowski, but they kind of turned things around, Scarf. They definitely turned things around. Look, they're the worst team in the league for a reason. They've been awful, and I said this at the beginning of the week when I saw we were playing Vancouver and San Jose. I said we needed, needed to get six points from these two matches. Unfortunately, we fell three points short, and that is a big three points considering with 10 minutes To go in this match, we had all six points secure. And heck, with, what, 30 seconds or so left to go in this match, we at least had a point. Not that it would have felt very good. But this team is god-awful. A minus 20 goal differential. Look, we've had a lot of problems with our back line. We've given up 29 goals. They've given up 39 goals. This team is not good. And yet, the problem is, you guys have seen it in every sport all the time when you let the underdog hang around and feel like they belong on the same pitch with you this is what happened this is what happened and we're going to recap it right now getting into the recap philly let's get into the starting lineups first look the run of form between these two teams that it doesn't matter san jose's been awful we've been awful today we found a way to be a little bit more awful okay (laughs) we also happen to find a 80th minute hex like we did in season one. All kinds of things went meh. All kinds of stuff right now. Philly, I'm going to go through the starting lineup for San Jose. Look, we were having fun before the game started. We were talking about the starting lineup, and and I said, you know, their goalkeeper, JT Marchinkowski, sounds like a guy that would be in gears of war, not playing on the pitch for San Jose. It's just one of those names that kind of sounds made up. The young kid stepping in, JT Marchinkowski in goal. Their defense, Nick Lima, Florian Youngworth, Tanner Beeson, Marcos Lopez to start. Judson, who I thought was their best player through the first 80 minutes or so of the match. Definitely their most physical. Absolutely. Along with Christian Espinosa, Andres Rios, Jackson Ewell, Carlos Fierro, and you mentioned it, the man, the myth, the MLS legend, Chris Wondolowski in the 18, a couple of names that we will certainly bring up. Almost the all-time assist leader and definitely pain in our sides today. Shea Salinas, along with my least favorite player on San Jose, and I liked him even less after today's match, Vaco, and also on their 18, not even 18, 16-year-old, the youngest goal scorer in San Jose history, Cade Cowell. 
that's about it for the lineup for San Jose. They, they're just not a good team, and it's so frustrating. There was no reason this team should have stayed with us today. Philly, who were the starters for the black and gold? Before I get into that, I just want to mention and highlight one of the omissions, Oswaldo Alanis, one of their best players. He was out of the lineup today with a knee injury. Danny Hosen, a guy who actually put one past us uh, in, in previous matches, he was out. The rest of the players aren't even, I'm not even going to, it's not even worth mentioning. Who cares? Those two players that I just mentioned were were lethal. And so even without those guys, even without some of their best players, Vaco arguably one of their best players, without yep. a doubt. Wondolowski, and only his fourth start, still the, the leading scorer on this team. The player that has had the most burn on San Jose was Jackson Ewell. And unfortunately, he burned us too. Now, let's get into the LAFC lineup. I'll mention the injuries real quick. The only injury that changes from last game is Andy Nahar. Uh, was in the 18, he was injured the last match, and we jokingly said he injured himself touching the white line coming into the game. At one point, he nearly tripped on the ball. We thought he would have like tore his other ACL doing it that way. Those are the jokes there, but clearly without Carlos Vela. And I saw this. Somebody, uh, with one of the Defenders of the Bank supporters, pointed out on the LAFC fan page that somebody was demanding to know where Carlos Vela is. Are you kidding me? This, this is still going to be a thing. The LAFC fa- Facebook fans page is just, just, again, we've reiterated it a ton of times, just a toxic environment. How do you not know where Carlos Vela is? For the love of God, go on the freaking internet. Oh, and I spilled something. So for those of you listening to the podcast and thinking, wait a minute, did they just do a poor edit or, or did they finally just go off the rails and, and give in and that was it? So in the middle of what I think would have been a rant with Philly about the LAFC fans Facebook page being toxic, he, with the 8% of him that is his Italian heritage, started talking with his hands a little bit there and knocked over both the bottle and the drink that he had right next to his computer. By the way, mental note, let's not put both the bottle and the drink next to the computer, but that was just a, I just want to give you guys a little glimpse behind the curtain here into the production that is Defenders of the Bank. So for those of you playing at home with your Defenders of the Bank bingo card, spilled alcohol on the computer. Mark that space off on your Defenders of the Bank bingo card back to a sort of rant with Philly. So the good news is the mezcal didn't shatter and that's still alive. The bad news is this Lemon lime core seltzer is all over my crotch. That's so. the whitest drink you've ever said out loud. Lemon lime coors seltzer. Yeah, so be it. Anyway, at I least guess you said mezcal, right? I was saved the mezcal, so that's okay. That was consumed, and the bottle is still alive. So, hey, well, it's toxic <laughs> as the LAFC <laughs> Facebook fans page is. My my pants are now just equally as toxic. Anyway, Carlos Bale is injured. Tristan Blackman, clearly his hamstring injury is far worse than we had originally anticipated. And Mohamed Traore also out of the lineup. We didn't have any major changes as far as our starting lineup is concerned. I would venture to say it's kind of hard to change a starting lineup that put up six goals and set a record. So in the pipes, we had Pablo Cisniega. We had Latif Blessing. Dejan Yakovic, Eddie Segura, Chiqui Palacios, Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony Kay. Brian Rodriguez, Bradley Wright Phillips, and, and Diego Rossi. That is our starting lineup. We had Edward Atuesta sporting the captain's armband, as he rightfully should. And that is the lineup that we went with. And we started off with possession of the ball. We kicked things off, Scarf. Yeah, and it took about six minutes for the first real action. And to be perfectly honest, it was Chris Wondolowski, no surprise to a lot of people, providing the first moment with Fierro into the box, headed wide of the net, though, by Wando. But it just showed you 
early on, and especially early on, Chris Wondolowski was a factor in this match. You always need to know where Wando is. He finds a way to score off of headers, off of back heels, off of little set piece, the way he can get in and out of the defense. Wando is, look, there's a reason why he's done it over 160 times, right? The guy has a problem. Seventh minute, Latif really putting in some early work at right back. And I really thought the pinpoint passing, uh, Brian Rodriguez, and, and here goes JR on his soapbox, he was not the worst player on the pitch today. I'm sorry. Brian Rodriguez did a lot of things right. Unfortunately, we didn't get a lot from Diego Rossi today. Unfortunately, we didn't get a lot from a lot of our guys today. Philly is going to do the recap of shots and shots on target, especially between the first and the second halves. And yes, there were times where Raito could have been more aggressive. There were times when a couple of guys could have been more aggressive. But again, it was just us not being able to string passes together time after time. I thought the great passing by Brian Rodriguez in the ninth minute, it was kind of undone by his moment in the 10th where he had a takeaway, but he looked to pass across the box rather than fire one in. And we'll talk about Shea Salinas' goal in a little bit. And I think that was the perfect microcosm for what we need Brian Rodriguez to do. So we'll touch on that when we get closer to the 80th minute and lastly Philly 16th minute a good run by Brian Rodriguez gets us a corner and he hits a perfect corner we've really seen the emergence of Raito on these corner kicks to BWP who gets it over to Mark Anthony K but he couldn't put it yeah. away off the head of Bradley yeah. Wright Phillips it was it. we thought we were going to have the connection between the initials BWP to MAK but it wasn't to happen in the 16th minute a wide open net Philly no and shortly after that Shortly after that, Kay found Latif. And Latif nearly found the back of the net, just off the woodwork to the left of Marcinkowski. That was our first real attempt. And sadly enough, we didn't have very many shots on target. Compared to the last match, I don't even want to get into it, but that was the first bit of action that we really had when Latif Blessing hit the woodwork at about 16 minutes and 39 seconds. There is plenty Plenty that we could go over between now and there wasn't really much action, truthfully, within the course of this first half. Yeah. There was there was a blocked shot on Diego Rossi in the in the 25th minute. You had Edward Atuesta who missed in, in the 26th. There was the passing. We were noticing it throughout the course of the match. The passing last game was quite crisp. In fact, I think they ended up in the 90 percentile, uh, 90 percent range. This this match. It didn't seem as if the passing was there, but we definitely dominated as far as possession was concerned. 31st minute, Pablo playing the role of Julie the Cat Gaffney, the Mighty Ducks 2 reference I made, jokingly, where he was kind of bored. Marco Lopez with the first real shot on Cisniega. That ball gets deflected, but then off of his header, he manages to find Chris Wondolowski. And, oh, God, is this going to be his 164th goal? Thankfully, no. Thankfully, Wando was a bit off on a couple of occasions today because he just lifted that ball above the crossbar and high above Pablo Cisniega's head. That was another opportunity which San Jose could have struck hard and could have struck first. Fortunately for us, no problem. We had some scary, scary moments up to that point. And LAFC dominated possession, but... Around the 31st minute, you could really sense that there was a shifting of the tide. Now, 32nd minute, Jackson Ewell turns the ball over to Diego Rossi. Sifu gets fouled by Judson. That sets up Raito with, with, with the free kick. Cheeky to Atuesta, but nothing happened there. 34th minute, we had our first real hard penalty on the match. Andres Rios, who... 
We'll talk about him a little later on in the match. Uh, he had a yellow card in the 34th minute. And 36th minute, this is where we bring up Andres Rios again. Dayon collides with him, causing a stop in play. But apparently, Rios stomped on, on Dayon's foot? Yeah, according to Ben Chi, he was the one that I was corresponding with through WhatsApp. And he said it was a clear stomp. And, and unfortunately, you and I haven't had a chance to go back and look at it. But it seemed like Andy Rios got the worst of it. I made the joke that I think they used the entire can of the spray <laughs> on Andy Rios on there. It looked like one of those graveyards on Halloween <laughs> with all the, the spray rising up off of the pitch. But apparently, it should have been a yellow. And that would have been his second yellow in just a couple of minutes. He picked one up in the 34th. And this would have been, again, in the 37th. That would have been a red Going down a man? Are you kidding? San Definitely would have changed the man? complexion of the game. Hey, look, I firmly, I think it could have been one or two nothing after the 17th minute. Those were things that in the last match we put away, and it's kind of a microcosm of our season, right? Between Mark Anthony K not being able to put that ball away in the 16th, Latif not being able to put that ball away in the 17th, could have been two nothing right there after 17 minutes, and then they get a man sent off possibly in the 37th. I know there's a lot of hate on Ismail Elfath for not making that call, but you know, at the end of the day, look, Philly and I have talked about this a ton of times. If you are putting the game in the hands of the referees, you're already in a little in bit trouble. of trouble, okay? So it could have been 2 nothing. LAFC had to pick themselves up. And look, 43rd minute, you think that you are going to get something from Diego Rossi, 1v1, but a great, sh- a great save there by Marchinkowski. Saved out for a corner. We couldn't get anything on the corner, but just... Before stoppage time, you got this feeling. LAFC dominated the first half. Possession, passing was okay, but it felt like we had the ball in our attacking third a whole lot more than San Jose did. So just before stoppage time, Brian Rodriguez to Eddie Segura. Segura tries to play it back to BWP. It's deflected, but still gets to BWP, and he finds a wide-open Mark Anthony K. So we finally got the initials connection that we wanted to. This time it's BWP to Mark Anthony K. And one nothing LAFC. Mark Anthony K calmly slots it home with the left foot. One nothing LAFC. There's no stoppage time. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Go directly to halftime. LAFC up one nothing, and you kind of got the feel, Philly, that that was the culmination of a very strong half of play. And you thought, okay, this is what we needed. We we deserved quote unquote the goal. I don't ever believe that anything is ever deserved in sports. To be perfectly honest, but we deserved the goal. We go up one nothing. We go into the half with all the momentum, and Philly at the half. The numbers didn't look good for either side. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you got the stats in front of you. Was there just three shots on target the entire half? Collectively, yes. Collectively, there were three shots on target. Two of them were by us. The one was by San Jose. We we had that within seconds of the match against Vancouver. And, And that's a problem. You can maintain possession. We had 61 to their 39. But when you have two shots on target, you better freaking make them, man. And we did go one for, I guess, two in that sense. We Mark Anthony K did happen to find the back of the net. Fortunately, as the whistle was about to be blown, passing accuracy, I told you we finished above 90% in the previous match. Believe it or not, we were at 85%. 
85% passing accuracy to their 76. We we dominated them in a lot of fronts. Uh, fouls were even. Chances created. We had two to one. We had more corners. They had more offsides. They definitely had more. Of a, they had one more yellow card. Philly, what were the corners at the end of the first half? I remember it being like something like six nothing, seven nothing. They didn't have a single corner in the first half. Correct? No, I mean we had two. They had zero. Oh, so I was wrong. Oh, it's it's all good. I mean it it, it seemed. Despite, it, it, it was kind of a boring first half in, in the grand scheme of things. It really was. You're absolutely right. Had it not been for Mark Anthony Kay putting it past Marcin Kautsky on the bottom left-hand corner of the of the goal, we would have gone into the half going, man, like, where, where, where the heck is our team? What, what happened? At least we were winning at that point. And that's the tale for the, for the first half. And, you know, it, it's funny. Angels on parade, as the half ended, they tweeted 15 minutes at the end of the game, towards the end of the game, is typically where San Jose gives up the majority of their goals. So you think history would have a way of repeating itself? Shout out to Alicia Rodriguez at Angels on Parade, by the way. We would think that that could be the epic collapse of San Jose, but when you got players like Vaco on the bench, Shea Salinas, who with one more assist becomes San Jose's all-time leading assist man, you you have to kind of be concerned. Going in, thinking, all right, some of their most, some of their biggest threats aren't even on the pitch, and we've only put one past this team. Or they're the worst flipping team in Major League Soccer. They have eleven points coming into this match. They've got all these weapons on the bench, weapons on the pitch, weapons everywhere that you could possibly talk about, and haven't been able to get anything done. LAFC being up one nothing, a little bit of a disappointment. But look, as my father said all the time when I was a kid. It's better than a poke in an eye with a sharp stick, right? So we're up one nothing. We begin the second half, and the first real chance, again, goes to Chris Wondolowski. 48th minute. Wando just off the mark from Christian Espinoza. And that, I was hoping, Philly, would be a wake-up call for LAFC going, all right, this team is coming back trying to get that equalizer. 52nd minute. Brian Rodriguez gives it a go on the free kick, but nowhere close. And in the 53rd, a beautiful pass from Edward Atuesta to a streaking Dayon Jakovic in the box. That's one of those like mighty ducks. Like who's 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 that out there? Goldberg. I don't know. <laughs> making mighty ducks references. You this are is second pod. You know this is a soccer football. I realize, podcast, but you know but when I, I can make two consecutive mighty ducks references, I figure LAFC could string together two hey, consecutive I'm, wins. I'm with no. you. Look, it's one of those things where had we won this match, then right there in the 53rd minute, maybe that's our weight. What? what moment of the podcast, but it is not. Don't worry, that's coming a little bit later. 55th minute, Mark Anthony K with a steal, but oh, just a little too heavy of a touch yeah. as he loses it. And then Latif is down, took the ball square in the face, down for about two, two and a half minutes. Little did we know how important those two, two and a half minutes would be towards the end of the match. But yeah, he took it right in the face. Look, 59th minute. Scarf, I have some more mezcal for you Let's, because uh, it's about to get worse. Thank you. You're welcome. No, I mean, Let's... you're going to need this because I'm sure as hell going to need this. Okay. Now the bottle is empty. The bottle. 59th minute. Shot well over the bar by Fierro. 61st minute. Brian Rodriguez has his shot deflected. He's a little heavy on the first touch. Maybe that could have been it. And Philly in a move that would come back to haunt LAFC in the 62nd minute. Shea Salinas checks in for Lopez and Vaco for Wando. So my least favorite player coming in for the one guy I wanted to watch. So now I like Vaco even less. 
You may like him even less, but if Chris Wondolowski connected the way he normally did, he could have easily had a brace at this point. You probably would have liked Wando far less than Vaco at this point because we would have been down. Wando could have easily had been the difference maker on multiple occasions. Now, 65th minute, Dayon had a solid defensive play to stop a Vaco pass in the box. A lot of people were complaining about Dayon, and they have been all season. Look, he didn't play the worst game. As far as his touches, he got quite a few of them. His passing accuracy was on point. When he, you have to cover a man like Chris Wondolowski, that's a guy who's basically Dayon's age. He didn't have a the most ridiculous time covering him. Uh, Fierro was the person that was really giving San Jose the the most offense in, in that first half. Dayon didn't play that bad of a game. But then again, nobody really played that good of a game. For the most part, my notes going in, we had some subs. Our first subs, Pancho came out I mean, came in for uh, Jose Cifuentes. I mean, he's slowly becoming one of my favorite players. And then you had Danny Musovsky come in for Bradley Wright Phillips. BWP out. Cifuentes out. These guys are game changers, money makers. Pancho's not bad. Moose has uh, Moose is actually a lot faster than I, I give him credit for. I noticed that today. Moose is pretty pretty good player, man. He can be a pretty good player. He can't. But... Again, are you, are you convincing yourself that, or are you convincing? I, I, the I guess I was just uh, and it, millions of defenders of the bank listeners. I guess I was just envisioning that that pass he had to, to Brian Rodriguez, where Rodriguez did find the back of the net, but that that was an offside. It was too much of a pass. Look for thir- the thirty-six minutes. There, there, there was nothing exciting going on. Nothing, no, nothing whatsoever. There was a yellow card. Salinas, without a doubt, grabbing and holding on to Latif. He, he subbed into the match, as, as Scarf was mentioning. 72nd minute, I just want to go back. K tried to kick it in. He had, had tried to have a cheeky chip above Marcinkowski's head. And as Bob Euchre would say, just a bit over the crossbar. To reiterate, 69th minute, Moose did find Raito. He was offside by a mile. You can totally see that. No arguments there. You totally saw that play develop. It's a shame. Another opportunity in which we could have had Rodriguez score and have the Boo Birds off of him and had the the insurance goal that, that we could have used, but... Yeah, but Philly, that was off of Musovsky. He was late yep. on making the pass, unfortunately. Brian was making his run. We almost had a giggity goal. We haven't had a giggity goal in forever. That would have been the 69th giggity minute. Yeah. We would have had a giggity goal. It would have changed the whole landscape of the game. I, I do want to mention, by the way, right before that, Cade Cowell coming in for Fierro. Kid is 16 years old. I mean, Philly, we've talked about this before with some of our academy kids. When I was 16 years old, I wasn't worried about being a professional athlete, that's for sure. I was trying to tie my shoes and get to math class on time. That was about it. <laughs> Philly, it, you know, it, it was a really good yellow, you mentioned it, on Shea Salinas because Latif was off to the races. I don't know if we would have had much on the run, but we mentioned this before. Every now and then, it's like a pass interference penalty when you know you're beat by that receiver so you don't give up a touchdown. That was the same thing with Shea Salinas. He is a veteran presence out there for San Jose. And you know what? 77th minute, all of a sudden, things started to roll downhill for San Jose a little bit. 77th minute, Vaco couldn't get anything on a shot, but it's an easy save by Pablo. 78th minute, and another easy save by Pablo on Rios. And you're starting to see, all right, San Jose is like that boxer who's still in it in the 11th and 12th round that knows Tyson should have knocked me out four rounds ago. What's going on right now? I'm still in it. And, oh, 79th minute, Diego Rossi just didn't see Moose cutting on the opposite side. That could have been another one for us, Philly. 
80th minute, Brian Rodriguez has a shot saved after the pass from Mark Anthony K. And then... Look, that, that, that's where the game changed. For 30 minutes, you had no stats. For those 30, 31 minutes, there were no extra shots on goal by either team. It was a, it was, it was, it was a boring, boring 30 minutes. And I go back to what Alicia Rodriguez said. This is where they fall apart. I look at this possession. I look at this shot by Rayito as the point where the game just it, it turned. You turned around at me, and you were like, yeah. "I don't have a good feeling about." Seventy fifth minute. I looked at Philly, and I said, "I just don't like that we're letting no. them hang around." That was it. Raito had no height on that ball. He could have chipped it a little higher, and he could have put a little bit of mustard on it. Unfortunately, it was a completely easy save by Marcinkowski, and then it all went downhill. Why? Because right after that play happened, you had a San Jose goal, an unfortunate goal, a great run, and a great goal by Shea Salinas, the other veteran on this club. Pablo had no chance at making that save. That was a good run. I said a great run because it was a great one and a hell of a goal. And just like that, we find ourselves in that 80th minute hex where we can't put the match away and we happen to let the underdog back in the match. And Scarf, they were an underdog. If you look at the Vegas odds, they were <laughs> they were a plus 900 against LAFC coming into this match. A plus 900. We were thinking we would put up a touchdown against them. Unfortunately, that wasn't going to be the case. Look, 80 minutes in, we dominated every aspect of this match. Okay, 78 minutes in. We dominated every aspect of this match. And in the 80th, giving up that goal, it, it felt like almost two that we gave up. All, it was really frustrating. 83rd minute, San Jose picks up a yellow. 84th minute, we bring in Andy Nahar for Mark Anthony K. So that moves Latif into the midfield. And in the 88th minute, Philly, it could have been curtains for us right there Ooh. in the 88th. What a save. Look, I'll, I'll say it again. We've talked about it a couple times on the podcast recently. We're doing the right thing. By just letting Pablo play. Agreed. Pablo really had nothing to do with a lot of the problems that we had today. Pablo, another solid game. He can't stand on his head for an entire 90 minutes. And we'll talk about after stoppage time what happened there. But not on Pablo. Pablo has played well. Pablo has made saves. Pablo is looking more confident. He could clear the ball a little better, Scarf, when it comes to him on a play. He certainly could. But you know what, though? Part of this is he knows now he's playing every day. And I think that's a huge thing for his confidence. So I give Pablo all the credit in the world. In the 90th minute, no one home for LAFC on the second effort. Ball goes all the way through the box as Latif looked like he might have held it for a little bit too long. We brought up Latif getting hit in the face, and that's probably what led to the amount of stoppage time that we had. Philly, four minutes of stoppage time. In about the second minute or so of stoppage time, Pancho Ginello with a yellow card. And then Philly, when you let him hang around, you get bit like we got bit. And it was Jackson Ewell off of a ball that was deflected in a pass in the box. And then the pass goes through, and there are two guys there, but Ewell makes the run, and the pass finds his foot, and a little hole in that crease there right by Pablo Cisniega. I just, God, in the third minute of stoppage time at the death like that, Pablo, and again, by the way, Pablo's forced to make a late save on Vaco, I believe, at the very end. It could have been 3-1, but this is the second time 
that LAFC has done this recently. We talked about it in one of our wins, right, where it should have been 4-1 or 5, or excuse me, 4 nothing or 5 nothing, and we gave up that little goal right at the end, right, right before the final whistle, and it was one of those mental lapses that LAFC can't afford to have. Well, here, that same kind of mental lapse not only comes and bites us, but it takes a point off the board that really, honestly, should have been three, and then it should have been one, and now all of a sudden, another loss at home, and this to the bottom of the table squad, 2-1 San Jose? Are you kidding? Philly, the Jackson Ewell goal, clearly our wait, what What? moment of the podcast, because dear God, we're just waiting for the final whistle and playing it out with a little bit of hope, and San Jose, who doesn't give up on the play, gets the final goal, gets the game winner, And, and I'll say this, Philly, and you can tell me what you think about this. I have never seen a bench chirp more. I have never seen a bench complain more. I have never seen a bench talk more stuff than I've seen from San Jose. And that was when it was 1-1. And oh my God, you would have thought they won MLS Cup the way that Florian Youngworth was screaming his lungs out (laughs) at the end of the match. The way that their entire bench jumped around like they had just won MLS Cup. But you know what, Philly? To the victor? Go the spoils on our home turf. You know, the funny thing is, so Scarf and I actually were fortunate enough to have media credentials for the match as well. And the whistle, the final whistle blows, and so did this game for that matter. But I could hear Youngworth from where we were up in Sunset. And I kind of yelled back. He, Youngworth, if you don't know, he, he's the German player. He played, a, he played a couple seasons at Darmstadt, a Zweite Bundesliga club. And you could hear him go, yeah, like yelling as if they just won the freaking MLS Cup. And I, I yelled, halt small. I don't know if you heard me. I did. But I didn't know German, what that meant. It, it means shut up in German. And I was kind of afraid at that point because you could hear him. You could hear all kinds of conversations. You said you've never heard a bench chirp so much. That's because it was quiet as hell at Bank of California Stadium. Why? Because we are in this COVID environment that I hope that we can look back on in 365 days from now and laugh and go, God, you remember those days. But yes, it was a tough loss. And it's actually, the scoring line could have been far different than what it was. Far different than what it was. Two to one, it sucked. But it could have been three to one had Pablo not gotten his fingers on there. But it also could have been two to two. If, if Rodriguez would have just chipped it a little bit higher over Marcinkowski, there were several plays, several sets where... Things could have happened. And honestly, it honestly could have been been worse, Scarf. Early on, that that fifth minute, that fifth minute situation with Wando, we didn't play a great game whatsoever. And I, I, I don't know what's wrong with this team. We can go through stats, we could say, hey, you know what? I mean, I got the stats right here. The problem I'll tell you is this we had one extra shot on target. One extra shot on target. A whole forty eight minutes of play. We had one extra shot compared to the second half. It's not going to get it done, especially if you're not finding the back of the net. In situations that Rodriguez had in the 78th, 79th minute, you need to put those goals away. I know you are on Team Raito, and at this point, that team is starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller. But you got to put those goals away. It is frustrating to see the opportunities that he gets because we know he can dribble, okay? But he can't. he's not finding the back of the net in situations where he has... All the opportunity. He had a shot that was blocked early. If he puts a little bit of mustard on it, he can do it. Diego Rossi, he didn't have much of an impact on the game. He was nowhere today. He was nowhere today. But you know, other players also need to make an impact. Latif Blessing, he's my favorite player. As much as I love him, he is not a threat in the box. When he gets the ball, he turns it over, 
in the box. He takes too long to make a decision. He doesn't cross the ball well to find the man. Point blank. Mark Anthony K found the back of the net for the fourth time, making him officially our third leading scorer, putting him one goal above Danny Musovsky. We are, more players need to step up. The majority of our offense has come from Diego Rossi and Bradley Wright Phillips. There are far more players that need to get involved. I mean, Danny Musovsky's our fourth leading scorer. If you look at the minutes he's played, comparatively speaking, to some of the other guys on the team, he should not be our fourth leading scorer. That's the problem. We have two guys that really find the back of the net, and if those guys can't find it, we fall apart. We don't do things. And another thing that happened that we've seen season one, the 80th minute hex, man, it came back to bite us in the butt. Not only can we not string two consecutive victories, but we lost to a team that we dominated, absolutely dominated, decimated. And I get it that the sun knight needs to shine on a dog's behind from time to time. I can't lovingly call these guys the Smurfs today. I just can't do it. They Smurfed us. We got <sighs> Smurfed in the Smurf. Philly, I'm, I'm with you. It's frustrating, right? It's frustrating. Frustrating! And, and I want to mention to everybody, just in case you forgot, there was a guy sitting there off the pitch about four rows up, in a beautiful, what I can only imagine is like an Armani or a Gucci jacket with perfectly coiffed hair, <laughs> a beautiful black mask that we've been missing on the pitch for, it seems like, year, the entire man. season. All year. The best player last year in Major League Soccer. The player who changes everything once he's out there on the pitch. And without Carlos Vela, we are still searching for our identity. We have Diego Rossi, who's become an alpha, but there are just too many matches like today where he kind of disappears. And I know that it might be hard to think a guy with 11 goals disappears from time to time, but he does. There are too many matches where guys like Brian Rodriguez, who haven't learned to be an alpha and pass a little bit too much, need to be relied on and haven't come through this season. There are times where we need a little bit more from our midfield. Jose Cifuentes played fine today, but he didn't do anything to keep the defense honest. The shots that we took from the outside, none of them were really close. None of them forced you to mark that man when you saw them coming close, whether it was Mark Anthony K, Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta. I don't even know if he attempted a shot today. There were just too many things. He did. He did. He had that one that went way, way to yeah. the south end. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He might have hit one of the south end Falcons. That's if how they, wide it was. If they were there, yes. My thing is this. I still hold out hope. I'm going to be the little ray of sunshine that shines on that dog's behind like you just mentioned. Because, again, we are only six points from top of the table. Yes, we're only four points from the bottom. But we are only six points from the top of the table. And despite the absolute hoop show that we have put on in most of September. We have still scored more goals than any team in Major League Soccer. Yes, we've beaten up on the lower opponents, except for this one today. (laughs) But we still lead MLS in goals scored. I know, we're giving up a lot of goals. But look, you tell me out there, fans of the black and gold, the LAFC, the faithful, the millions. And millions. Of LAFC and Defenders of the Bank fans out there, you tell me. Is it that we traded Walker Zimmerman? Is it that we've moved up in the allocation order to get Andy Nahar and he hasn't done anything? Is it that we've been starting Dayan Yakovich, who's old, 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 but actually played pretty well in these last two matches? 
Is it that we've moved Latif Blessing all over the place? Is it that we're not getting enough production from Brian Rodriguez? Is it that Edward Atuesta has been out? Is it that Dio left the squad? Is it that we are now relying on guys like Danny Musovski to give us meaningful minutes at striker? Is it Bob Bradley? No, it's not Bob Bradley. But is it any of these things that you guys are talking about? Or is it a combination of all of these different things affecting the same team? And oh, by the way, playing in COVID times, which has to be one of the hardest things a professional athlete has done. Going to Orlando, playing in a tournament that a lot of teams didn't even think would succeed, that wound up being a rousing success. And by the way, we made it to the semifinals of the tournament. It's not like the earthquakes made it to the freaking quarterfinals. It's this is a season unlike any other for so many reasons for the black and gold. And have we been spoiled? First year, best expansion team in history. Absolutely. Second year, best regular season team in MLS history. And look. I'm already a fan of the best regular season team in one sports history, my Patriots. Oh, God. We went to the Super Bowl undefeated, but you know what we did in that Super Bowl? This is the kind of episode defenders. He brought up the damn Pats again. We're we're at an all-time low again. What happened in that Super Bowl? Why don't you tell us, Scar? We lost. (laughs) The season meant nothing. Well, you know what? This season can still mean something for LAFC. It sure can. We are six points from the top of the table. Does that mean we need to eventually win two games in a row? Probably. I mean, if you're going to win two games in a row in the playoffs, that's the right time to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, if we're yeah. going to back our way in, we still get in. But fans of LAFC, it is not time to throw in the towel. No. You haven't seen our full 11 all season. We haven't had all three DPs out on the pitch together in how long, Philly? Months. It's been months, Scarf. You're absolutely right. And the fact that you brought up the man sitting in the Armani blazer with the great hair, 100%. People out there are wondering, is he really going to make that big of a difference? Well, yeah, he's, he's going to make a difference. The guy found the back of the net more times than anybody else did last year. In but history. My, and it, but my fear, my fear lies within his motivation and his fitness and the fact that here's the deal when you injure yourself okay there's something something happens and triggers in your mind you start to get tentative with a lot of things some athletes never recover and I'm talking about an ACL fortunately for Carlos it was an MCL but our team yes when they know that they have to move the ball around Carlos Okay, I feel like they understand their assignments better. And if Carlos doesn't make it, then you obviously have other people that can go out there and make it. We only have two offensive threats this year. Two, really. One is a very young kid. The other one is an older gentleman who absolutely, I absolutely adore and love at this point. And for the record, he's not putting Brian Rodriguez in that category. No, I, no I'm not. Look, I... I like Raito, okay? I am not against him. No, but you said threat, and I completely agree. He's not a threat. He's not a threat. I'm sorry, right Latif has not been a threat in no. the box. K passes, he's actually got quite a few assists. K actually moves the ball fairly well, but I, I wouldn't say he's the biggest offensive threat, even though he has found the back of the net the, the third leading time. He's the third most out of anybody on this team. But my fear lies, obviously, in the tentativeness and the, and the motivation of Carlos Vela. Is he going to be the same Carlos Vela as last season? We cannot put all our hopes and dreams into thinking he is going to reenact what he did last year. Will it help? Without a shadow of a doubt. Do we have a shot? Without a shadow of a doubt. Is this season over and should we blow up the ship right now? Absolutely not. We have a shot. But it's tough. 
And if you look at the schedule ahead of us, we've got Real Salt Lake. Here's something that's happening that hasn't really happened in a long time. We actually get a week off. Okay? I know. This is weird. We get a week off. We, we get a week off from potting. We don't have to do anything on a Wednesday. We play really salty lake next week. Okay, and then obviously the consecutive series of matches starts to pile on and pile on and pile on. Yeah. But, you know, that could be another thing. Like, these guys got to be tired. This week might be a good thing in order to not only rejuvenate the body, but there's something lacking with this club mentally. Maybe a mental timeout would be a good thing for this club. And having seven days off from a match, I really hope pays dividends. Because when we go to Sandy, Sandy freaking Utah... Everybody is going to be looking for a win. And if a win doesn't happen, God forbid. From there, we're playing Colorado. That's, I don't know what it's going to look like for us. We haven't played them this season. And then after that, we play Seattle. If we cannot get by really Salty Lake, if we cannot get by Colorado, Seattle's not going to be any easier. Philly, I think you hit the nail on the head on something real quick. And don't worry, everybody. We are winding down this episode because we are about as tired of this match as possible. But that's why things are so bunched up in the standings in the West. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone is tired, Our man. supporters were exhausted it's, of all this. It's, it's got to be tough. These guys are playing games every three and four days. Look, I know, right? These guys are professional athletes. They have the best care. They have the best recovery and all the other good stuff. It's just one of those things where that's why nobody has separated themselves. That's why Seattle and Portland are top of the table at 24 points. And then to be third, to be third, all we need is two points. I mean, come it's a on. stupid season. This, this is just nuts this season. Look, let's talk about it. Philly, you know what I'm most excited about? About phase three of the third part of the 2020? I don't know. There's, whatever we're at, you know what I'm excited about, Philly? Mm. Our next nine games, we play eight different teams. I feel like all we've played are Seattle, Portland, Carson, and San Jose this season. Yeah, it's gotten kind of boring. We actually get to play. All right, here, I'm going to run through it real quick. A little speed scheduling with the scarf. Real Salt Lake on the 4th of October. Colorado on the 7th of October. Seattle on the 11th of October. Vancouver on the 14th of October. Portland on the 18th of October. Good God, that's a lot of matches all back to back to back to back to back. And then we get a week off. We play Carson. And then we get three whole more days off and play Houston. And then we get this San Jose team back again first of November and our final match of the season. How crazy is this match going to be, Philly? On the 8th of November at Bank of California Stadium. We got them at home. We got Portland, who, by the way, is the only team in all of these nine games that we play twice. So here's what I like. We see eight different teams. Okay, teams that haven't played us three times in a month already. We just need to start racking up points. Points. So here's what I'm saying we do, Philly. You ready for my prediction? Here, here's a prediction. For I you. hope Scarf Stradamus at this point comes through. Scarf Stradamus predicts that in these nine matches, we take six wins. Six wins from nine matches. Maybe we lose one or two. Maybe we tie one or two. Six wins in our last nine matches. It's doable. We, we finish third. Third. That's I, my prediction. I like it. You know, I'm that glass half full kind of guy. Today kind of took a lot of the, uh, the, the, the wind out of my sails, as I'm sure it's taken the wind out of a lot of the supporters' sails. And I mean supporters. I don't care about the, the, the fanatics, because the fanatics <laughs> will get on 
<laughs> the LAFC Facebook fans page and demand to know why Philly, Carlos Last Bale time you talked about it, you spilled drinks everywhere. I made sure to be very, very far away from that. <laughs> You're not talking like an Italian anymore with your Hey, Bobbity Boopy. Yeah. Hey, 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 that's our people, sir. 8% of my people, but still. Deutschland, baby. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a tough day. All right. The weekend is over. We all go back to work on Monday, living our normal lives. And fortunately, again, we get a week off. I like having all these matches. Here's my silver lining scarf. Here's my silver lining. Several months ago, <clears throat> several months ago, we didn't have sports whatsoever. All right. It's not doom and gloom in the city of Angels. Why? The Dodgers once again clinch the NL West. The Lakers are in the NBA Finals once again. And here's the crazy thing. If you add up the score of the last game, it equaled 224. Oh, whoa. I didn't know that. Yeah. 117 plus 107. 224. Wow. By the way, we are going to spank the Heat. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, look, I'm a Knicks fan, but of course I'm going to support the city that has embraced me in the manner that it has. We. No, I can't root for my team. I haven't been able to root for my team in like 20 years. But there's your silver lining. Look, we haven't had sports. LAFC has given us some joy, some, some headache, but hopefully some more joy going forward. It hasn't been a great season, but it hasn't been a great year, okay? LAFC is probably a good microcosm for a good majority of us. <laughs> going up, going down, expansion, trough, highs, lows, yada, yada, yada. But thankfully, at least we still have this season. Hopefully, we can all get together. Look, the big difference, we talk about the injuries, talk about no Carlos Vela, no Tristan Blackman. I said this in previous pods. The biggest omission, the biggest injury on the club is the 12th man. Us, defenders, all of us. A home game isn't a home game. Look, Scarf and I have had the privilege of covering a couple of matches during this pandemic in an empty stadium with the pumped-in crowd noise. As great of a job as Al Raid and staff are doing, it's not the same as all of you. It's not the same as the North End. It's not the same of everybody else. It's just not the same, okay? When our club is in trouble, when they need that extra little oomph, do you think they're going to get that from canned support? No. Shout out to all the supporters out there, though, that did come out, light the smoke, hear the drum. Look, we heard you. All the way from Sunset, we heard you. Definitely heard them. We definitely heard you. But it's not the same as playing at the bank. Home field advantage, you guys want to say it's embarrassing to lose at home. Is it really? This isn't the same home field advantage that we normally have. It's an empty stadium, with the exception of chuckleheads like like, like Scarf and I and other media folk. Uh, It's just not the same. And we're not allowed to cheer. And we're not allowed to cheer. We're not allowed to really do anything. <laughs> Although uh, Philly cheered like heck after our first goal in Vancouver. I also told Youngworth to shut up in German. He Thankfully, did. nobody understood what Hull Small meant. But anyway, look, that, that, that's the story. We, we bickered. We've been bitter. Uh, I, I, we don't know what the hell is wrong with the team. But obviously, playing as often as they're playing, has been, is, it's got to wear on you physically and mentally. And at the same time, home field advantage isn't home field advantage if there's nobody there. Bob said it a long time ago, and I agreed with him. Football without fans, it, it's, it's just not the same damn thing. Without us being there, we're the, we're the key omission defenders. If Carlos Vela was there, amazing. If Tristan Blackman was there, amazing. But five, ten years from now, they won't be here, defenders. But Scarf will. I will. The 3252 will. And hopefully the vast majority of you will hold on to your season tickets, defenders, because we are perpetual, okay? Regardless of who we have on our team, players will come and go. We will last, all right? 
Don't give up on your club. Don't give up on this. We're, we're going through a crappy patch. But 2020's been a crappy patch. And the performance of LAFC is a good microcosm as to what 2020 has been. Look, the last thing I have to say about this is on the Day of Atonement, LAFC has got a lot of atoning to do. For all of our Jewish fans out there, it is Yom Kippur. We understand that is the Day of Atonement. Hopefully LAFC can atone for the way that they played. We've got seven matches in October. Looking forward to every single one of them, followed by two in November and then Philly. It's on to the MLS Cup playoffs for LAFC. I, we're, we're going. We're going. It'd we're be going. ridiculous not to, and it'd be ridiculous for you to think that we're not going. But that being said, we are going to end tonight's episode pretty much in the same way that we started with tonight's philosopher, the immortal words of Rob Schneider. Thank you all for listening to episode 120, and here's how we're ending tonight's episode. Oh, no! We suck again! Oh.